1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
0: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday before Thanksgiving. In fact, today we are going to talk about the topic of can you afford dog training or not. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right, my quirky tip today, guys, is Farmhounds Black Friday sale. I've been doing audience-specific ones, but you're not going to get a better deal than this through Farmhounds. I love farmhounds. Our dogs love farmhounds. I linked our podcast with farmhounds in the show notes today, if you haven't seen it, before Stephen was on. He's a representative from their company. I borderline a line like cry when we talk about regenerative farming. They're a great, great company. So their offer is spend $100, get $15 off, spend $200, get $40 off, spend $300, get $75 off. The codes are good15, great40. Best 75, I would highly recommend you spend $300 on stuff from farmhounds, get $75 off, get it shipped to you for the holidays. This sale ends November 26th at 1159 p.m., so please, please, please check them out. Today, we are not doing a holiday episode at all. However, I did include a previous Thanksgiving episode in the show notes if you want to go back and figure out some ways to prepare for the holiday. And before we head on to what the actual topic is, I want to bring up this new virus here that's going around because... This new respiratory virus is pretty stressful. A lot of people are talking about it. I've also linked our Immunity Always podcast in the show notes. Uh, we did that originally August of 2022 because every time late summer these respiratory viruses start you know, showing up and expanding and everything else, right now this new one is pretty serious. It's presenting like kennel cough, dogs seem to get better, and then they can get extensively worse. So if you do bring your dog to daycare and you don't need to use those services, maybe consider don't using those services. If you can have someone come to your house, To watch the dog instead of a boarding kennel, consider that. I just got invited to this Facebook group. Paula Elson invited me. She invites me to all the great groups. Thanks, Paula. It's 2023 Canine Infectious Respiratory Disease Tracking, and you can get a lot of information on it there. But check out our Immunity Always podcast. Regardless, this is just a good rule of thumb. Manuka Honey, different ways to boost your dog's immune system. Um, And keep your dog safe. You know, maybe pictures with Santa this year. We don't go to Petco and stand in line with 50 dogs. This sounds a little bit more serious than some other things. And just like with humans, you know, COVID's upticking again, going back around, keeping your immune system strong is really important, but dog-to-dog contact is making this more and more of an issue for our entire country.
1: Okay. It's kind of hard to know if it's something being sensationalized by the news or if it's a real thing, but in New England, we're starting to hear more about it. I did a little research and saw that supposedly it's in the New England states, but we deal with dogs and dog people every day and we're not hearing a ton about real cases happening with people we know it's I do
0: know I do know people that are going through it though and so far so good knock on wood sending good energy to all of them but you know in New it, England? better safe than sorry within throughout the country it's oh, yeah. i mean it, it started yeah, it's in, Oregon. The, it's it's in Oregon it's been in Oregon since um, august but you know people travel we just had a huge agility event in Jacksonville Florida the UK open some of it was outdoors. Hopefully, everybody from that event is going to be okay. But just be mindful. Be thoughtful here. Um, could be a little more serious. It's definitely not just kennel cough, so let's put it that way. And if your dog is coughing, please tell your vet's office before you go in so you do not potentially infect the entire vet's office. Yeah. Okay, that's my soapbox. So this is a yeah. Scotty story or a Scotty topic, and it's an interesting way to look at things. I Well,
1: I was just thinking, you know, nobody – it seems like every client that – I shouldn't say every client, but more often than not, people that call me and pay for dog training or pay for an evaluation for me to come to their home, they're calling out of duress. They have a lot of serious problems, something urgent. They need me to get out there within a day or two. It's unusual that someone calls and says, Hey, I just wanna get my puppy off on the right foot. It does happen. I'd but say that's five not, to ten percent. That's not the typical. The typical yeah. is uh, I'm having a problem with my dog and company coming to the house, or this happening, or he's running away, or he bit someone, or my two dogs are fighting with each other. It's that type of a thing. So um, when people have a problem, they have pain, they're willing to step up and buy some dog training. And it's all about that pain point, and it's unfortunate. I guess really my hope for this podcast, I feel like I'm just begging you guys. <laughs> I feel like it's. Train just, your dogs. We're just pleading and begging that you get some dog training before you need it, um, because when you do need it, it's way more work, and sometimes some dangerous things can happen. Sometimes you can't keep your dog if you let something get to a point where no, it's like you're not willing to turn this around anymore. Like the dog has just crossed a line in your mind. Like I think I'm done. But so I started thinking about like we don't. Dog trainers are not getting rich in this country. I know a lot of dog trainers all around the country, and I don't know any of them driving around in $100,000 vehicles with beach houses and several vacation homes. Unless or, they're
0: YouTube influencers.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, that's, I mean, real people, trainers. people that actually put their hands on dogs. Uh, the only one that seems to be getting rich is the dog daddy at this point, and really <laughs> his biggest investment is in the Gucci uh, <laughs> jumpsuits yeah. he's buying. Yeah. But the point is, typically, dog trainers are not getting rich. And I and I looked up a statistic. What, I said, "What do dog trainers make?" And the U.S. Department of Labor says that they average like forty grand a year. Of course, some are making a lot more, but a lot are making less than that too. The point is, nobody's getting rich in this field. We do it because we love dogs, and then we. It can get real stressful and emotional because we're dealing with a lot of dog problems that we have to work through.
0: We're saying that from a a pain point because we have our separation anxiety case ever at this point. So So we understand. So then I was
1: thinking, well, you know, the average sale for me is like around 500 bucks. And for 500 bucks, you can get a lot done with your dog. You know, we're going to do, you know, typically around four classes, maybe more, depending on how close you are, how far away, what we're dealing with over the course of 4 to 6 weeks where you're practicing at home and we can accomplish so much in that time if you're working with your dog and and you're committed which most people are when they spend the money but then I'm thinking well how much do people spend on coffee you know per month I put this into into Google how much do people spend on getting a cup of coffee driving through Starbucks annually and people are spending on average like 50 bucks a month minimum just to go through and get a cup of coffee two, three times a month, maybe more. And of course, some people are spending way more than that. So for the, for the cost of going through Starbucks, now I realize when you just piddle that money away, $8 at a time, every time you drive through, it's easy to have that kind of eight bucks as opposed to maybe having a $500 chunk. But when the pain point is there, everyone can cough up the money. When there, and Jess and I are the same way. I mean, Je, uh, Jimmy just had to have a surgery that was five grand. We don't have five grand. He got the surgery. We didn't do a GoFundMe. Yeah. We coughed up credit cards and we manipulated all kinds of stuff and made other things wait. And we got that surgery because the pain point was there. It needed to be in our minds. It needed to be done. We're not going to cut the leg off. We're not going to put the dog down. We're gonna, and we're not going to let him limp around for the rest of his life. Yeah,
0: that's made not what happen. we want. Yeah, and the point of this really also is that there's been a little bit of a shift, I'd say, in the past six to eight months. And I get it, right? Like, are we on the brink of World War III? It's a challenging time in the world. The economy is a little precarious in the US, especially we have an election coming up next year. What the hell is going to happen? What the heck are we going to do? Where? What are things going to look like? I understand that people are keeping things a little bit closer as far as finances go than before and rightfully so. But dog training is an investment. It makes your life easier. It makes your dog's headspace better. It makes society a nicer place to live. Dog training is a necessity. And the sooner you get in with the dog training, like meaning, you know, you get a puppy, you do training within the first one to two years of its life, you get a rescue, you do training within the first year of its life versus waiting until five to six years when the problems escalate to a point where you know you just have to fork out this money. You don't care what it's going to take. You'll borrow the money. You'll open a new credit card, whatever else. It's easier for you and your family and for the dog to get it done earlier. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're planning on bringing a holiday puppy into your household, or you, know, you just recently got a puppy, or you're talking about introducing a rescue in 2024... Plan to also budget your dog training for 2024. Don't just hold this off and just hope everything goes well and think it's not going to make a difference if you train or not.
1: Yeah. And it's not just about the money. It's about the commitment of time. A lot of people are happy to write a check. Here, take my card because it's easy. But when you're doing classes, it's like, that's just the beginning. It's like, here, we're going to show you what to do. We're going to help you get get going down that path. Now go home and practice until next class. And even with the puppy classes, people typically are pretty excited about getting into a puppy class with a new puppy. Socialization, yeah. They're all about it. They tell me they want to make a service dog out of this rescue <laughs> they just found on this, in, a, in a box by the grocery store. And that's all wonderful and optimistic and hopeful, and it, it's good. But when they realize they have to actually to block out, a dog. or they have <laughs> to go to a class no. instead of go out to eat that night because they have a, a dog training class or their kids have a soccer game, but they're supposed to go to a dog training class. And now they're like, oh, this is too much. And they, and if they do complete the puppy class, they never do anything ever again, because most, they thought of, my, they trained. most of my clients, I'll say, if you done any training? Like, oh yeah, we did puppy one and puppy two. And the dog's like six years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you did five and a half years ago, you know, it's not really there anymore, which brings me to the other thing I said to Jess and, and. I'm guilty of not pushing this, I guess, if you want to call it that from a sales perspective, but I think it would be a a really good idea for anyone that has a dog that has already done training that is fairly happy with their dog to do maybe three classes a year. Maybe every three months, whoever it was that you worked with that got you onto that good path and just to tune things up and tighten up things that may have got loose because everything gets loose. When you have a dog that's working well, the focus, the pain point shifts to the kids that are not doing well in school or to the house that needs remodeling or the car needs work. And you don't think about that because the dog is doing pretty good. But the more you don't pay attention to it, the looser it gets. And then by the time you say, shoot, we better call the dog trainer something's gone wrong again. And it's a lifelong
0: commitment. It needs maintenance. Just like, you know, if you're into fitness, if you don't go to the gym for a year, you're going to look a lot different than you did the year before. So dog training needs maintenance. All right, let's go to the break super quick. When we get back, we'll talk about this a bit more.
1: Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Till then, keep it quirky.
0: Okay, I want to touch on super quick um, what you should expect to spend on dog training. So if you are getting a rescue, um, rescue fees, I would say on average are $300 to $500. I would allot three times the amount of whatever your rescue fee was to dog training. If you are getting a puppy, I cannot tell you how many clients are like, oh yeah, this puppy was $4,500. Oh yeah, this puppy was six grand." People are spending big money on dogs. Whatever cost you're spending on that puppy, you should also be allotting to dog training. For the life of the puppy, it doesn't mean that like you should be spending six grand that first year and you have to find someone that's going to charge you that much money. But that is a good allotment. If you have that kind of money to spend on a dog, you should spend equal amount on training. A rescue is a little bit different, but I'm gonna make that cost three times the amount because rescues also need extra intervention and they have a pass that we don't know about and everything else. So loose numbers, that's how I would budget. Um, You get a free puppy Budget at least a grand. That's just how I'm gonna sit there and say that.
1: Yeah, and when I one of my first dogs I got was an English Mastiff, and that dog was like twenty five hundred bucks for a puppy. And this is twenty plus long time ago, twenty plus years yeah. ago. And uh, the breeder was really big on that. He's like, Hey, do you realize how much it's gonna cost to handle this puppy, this dog every month? And he started laying out all this stuff, and it was it was kind of like a takeaway sale in a sense. But he really was trying to get these puppies into good homes, you know. And he said, you got to plan on spending this much money per month for food, for this, for that, health. And that, and that brings me to um, dog insurance. Like, a lot of people now are getting dog insurance. And it's a good thing. They, you know, they're paying say 50, 60 bucks a month. Yeah. Maybe it's not more.
0: covering what it used to, but I'll tell you after Jimmy, our next oh, puppy, I will have a puppy insured from the moment it gets to our house until when it passes away, hopefully at a very old age peacefully. We are hook, line and sinker on the dog insurance bandwagon after this situation. Um, and premiums are harder than they used to be, but yeah, let's say 50 bucks a month on average yeah, for a healthy young just dog. Let's say
1: 50 bucks a month. It's an insurance for that big thing. That may happen now. A lot of my clients tell me that the insurance covers wellness exams once a year. It's covering like it's kind of like a human health insurance. It covers some basic uh, wellness checkups, but then is doesn't cover a lot of this intermediate stuff that's kind of expensive, but not terrible. But when you get into the big stuff, you're really glad you have it. And I would urge you to consider dog training like an insurance plan. You know, you're 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 training the dog to ensure that. He doesn't get in trouble. He doesn't bite someone. He doesn't get hit by a car. He doesn't run away. You know, just all the negative things that can happen, that's your insurance plan is doing these classes and maintaining it. And it doesn't take a lot of... um, work after you get the foundation built in the dog. As long as you're working really with minimal. the right
0: as long as you're working with the right person. I'm going to say that about quality and I'm going to talk about insurance also real quick before we give you some other statistics of how people are spending money and how crazy it is compared to the fact that they can't put that into their dog's like well-being and livelihood moving forward. So as far as quality goes, Um, Petco, PetSmart classes, you know, people go, that's fine. That's not going to be fixing (laughs) severe behavioral stuff. That doesn't really help you much more so than beyond basic socialization. If you have a trainer that's charging you an arm and a leg and you're not getting results, Stop paying that person, right? Like quality of training matters. Look for other people in your area. Look for reviews. Ask to talk to former clients. That happens to us, I'd say, easily three to five times a year. Somebody will say, yeah, I think I want to do this. Can you give me a few names and numbers of people you've worked with, with, you know, similar issues or similar breeds or something else? We have no problem doing that. We have a catalog of clients from New England alone for 12 years that we're like, yeah, we're happy to talk to anybody. You want to talk to somebody from eight years ago who we still have a relationship with or last month? So, So start looking around if you're spending money and not getting your results. A lot of people now are thinking insurance should cover my dog training. And if insurance doesn't cover my dog training, I don't want to pay for the dog training. Well, I was thinking about this in regards to like our kids, right? So everybody obviously has health insurance for their children in this country. they're not covering skating lessons they're not covering vocal lessons they're not covering private tutors for school like this is that that isn't how that works and there is an umbrella of dog behavior and everything that is covered under insurance mostly it's behaviorists so it's a different situation than actual dog trainers and there's medication
1: involved and that would fall under pharmaceutical insurance more
0: often than not some certified trainers of different organizations insurance may cover but there's a huge bias there as well so don't get too too intertwined into the insurance situation and dog training and does it cover it or not, before you bring this dog into your home, know what you're going to budget plan to budget, it, and just plan to train your dog. Even if your dog is the best freaking dog in the world, it's nice to go to training classes and be the stable force in that room. It's nice for dogs to get out in the world and experience different things and be able to do basic things like ride calmly in a car, walk on a loose leash, get a vet exam. These are all things that are a lost art in dogs these days. So plan to budget. Do not plan on, oh, my insurance policy will cover training. That isn't how insurance works.
1: We have a lot of dogs that cannot get a basic wellness checkup. They can't get vaccinations. They can't get their temperature taken. And they can't. They can't have blood drawn. And
0: it's not the vet's fault. They these dogs do, are tough. Yeah, these they're dogs
1: tough. are just off the hinges. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that people spend a ton of money on is dog toy, pet toys, just junk. You know these things that are, you know, I I feel like saying, well, they're all, it's a bunch of junk imported from China, which it is. Uh, which everything is these days. It that really doesn't make Farm any difference. is a
0: U.S.-based company. Yeah.
1: But I mean, people will have big toy baskets at their house, heaping with stuffed plushy toys that the dog could care less about. And so I looked up the statistics on that. People are spending on average three or 400 bucks a year on toys and junk. People tell me they spent... They've bought six or seven pads for inside the crate. The dog tears them up. There's just fluffy stuffing everywhere. And I'm like, why do you keep buying them? (laughs) Well, we're just hoping we can find one that's strong enough. And I know the thinking. I mean, I was there with a dog one time. I was researching Kevlar, like maybe we could make a Kevlar, you know, pad for this dog. If my dogs are tearing stuff up, they don't get a pad. That's the bottom line. You don't get one, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, and some dogs are like that. They get bored. They get destructive. Usually it's tied into some anxiety of some kind. But people just keep throwing money at things because it's when you're buying something and giving it to the dog. And it's same with kids. A lot of time, kids just want your time. There would be nothing better than to sit on the floor with your young child. Turn your and phone And spend off. 30 to 45 minutes, maybe reading a book, maybe playing with Lincoln Logs, maybe doing something with them, helping them with something. That kind of quality time is, they can't put a price on that. But it's way easier to just buy some junk and say, here, here, take (laughs) my phone. It's got an app on it for kids. I
0: got a meeting tonight on Zoom, and I got a work trip next week. And I also want to touch on the pad thing real quick, because Scott was harping on that a little bit longer than I thought. But I was thinking in my head, not only are you wasting all the money on the pads, it could also lead to an obstruction surgery, which insurance or not, we're talking thousands of dollars now, life-threatening thing, everything else. What about alcohol? People spend a lot of money on alcohol.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we need alcohol. Jesus. (laughs) Without alcohol, we couldn't own the dog at all.
0: <laughs> hasn't drank for <laughs> over 30 years, but like, literally, uh, yeah, I like no, my wine. People but spend people spend a lot dollars of money. A month, yes. which, and
1: similar, the other statistic, which is gross, is fast food. People spend like two to three hundred bucks a month driving through a fast food place of name, you know, pick whichever one you want, getting some, f- and then cramming crap in their mouth while they're driving, doing stuff, not even thinking about it, which, you know, how poisonous the food is, is another issue altogether. If we're all choosing to do that to ourselves, it's on us. But just think about it in relation to getting some dog training. Yeah. For the, for a month of fast food, shakes and Big Macs, you could get this dog like really working well. So you could go there and maybe hang out in front of McDonald's with your dog in a, in a down while you continue to Shoveling the Big Macs. You yeah, know? and
0: and your waistline might improve if you cut a month or a couple months out for dog training. And I'll say that as well. You know, Scott's saying his average sale is five hundred dollars. That's after people spend one hundred and forty-seven dollars to see him for an hour. And you know, the people that are really far away, we offer to come up for free. Scott's not driving to Connecticut, you know, or whatever. I mean, we've literally done dogs from Vermont, New York, Connecticut. Like we've done dogs from everywhere. But that 147 alone, half the time people are like, hey, I'm going to start implementing what you taught me. I had some tools here that I didn't know how to use. I'm using them now. They're thrilled. Their lives have changed just with within the budget of the month of fast food. Yeah. So find someone who you like working with, who can actually help you create results. If you sit there and you see somebody and they say, oh, yeah, we'll start seeing some change in six to eight months – keep looking. This is a big industry. At one point, we did a How to Find a Dog Trainer podcast very, very early on. Type it into the search bar and the Quirky Dog website. Look for it. There are ways and there are people out there that can help you guys. I promise you. But you have to have the money to invest and you have to plan to have the money to invest. It is an investment.
1: Yeah. And I have found over the years the people that have to dig the deepest for the money that really maybe they shouldn't even have a dog because they just don't make enough money and they got more kids than they were planning on and they got this dog and they cough up the money, they really make the most of the training. They're like, I'm not wasting this money. We're going to train this dog. And the dogs turn out to be awesome and they're thrilled with the results because they put the time in because it was a big uh, financial commitment and they, they knew they were taking money from somewhere else to get this done and they wanted to get it done. Whereas we've had people that have a lot of money and I only say they have a lot of money because they'll give us a lot of money, and they won't even do follow-up classes. It was it turns out to be just kind of expensive boarding. Thank you for taking care of the dogs. They're wonderful. We don't re- we don't mind their behavior. They can do whatever they want. No, and I I hate that. I mean. <laughs> That's not what I'm in business. I'm not in business to take care of your dog just for any amount of money.
0: When Scott was out in L.A., like sometimes they'd send the nanny with the credit card, and he's like, we're not doing business. We're not doing a deal. Like I meet the owner. The owner comes to the follow-ups. This isn't how we do business. So just be conscious of these things. We're not trying to have a big financial planning podcast, but when Scott started like actually looking into these things, looking at how much money we're looking at spending, looking at how much money people are spending elsewhere, be conscious of what you're allotting for the dog's education It is the dog's education and it does matter. And people have no problem spending money on daycare every week because they need it. It's a necessity to drop the dog off and get the dog picked up. And some daycares do a nice day train program and everything else, but training outside of just exhausting your dog during the day so he sleeps when you get home and you can tolerate him, and then Saturday and Sunday, you can barely deal with them, and Monday morning, you can rush him off again, is not dog training. We're talking about getting to a point where you can go for a walk with your dog. You can invite people over. Maybe your dog can stay on a pet cot or at least quiet in a crate. You're not disrupting your neighbors with barking in the yard. Your dog isn't stealing things off the counter. This is training and it affects your life and it affects your stress level. So if you are planning to bring a dog in or you just recently brought a dog in, renegotiate what we're putting towards that budget. If you want a rescue or you want a puppy for 2024, make sure you are planning the proper amount to spend on that dog's training because the dog will thank you and it will make your life better. If you're a selfish person... I promise that your life will be better because of it.
1: Yeah. Another uh, expense that people have with dogs is um, the daycare. So there's people that go bring the dog to daycare out of necessity because they work away from the home and they drop the dog off here and then they go to work. They don't want the dog in the house all day alone. It could be a 10, 12 hour day. I understand that completely. It's a, a necessary evil in a sense. But I have many clients that bring their dog to daycare at least three times a week for behavioral reasons. They work from home. The dog's such a pain in the ass. They got to get the dog to daycare so that they can work cuz if they're not giving the dog attention, the dog's getting into trouble, the dog's making noise, interrupting Zoom calls and their work. They can't have that. So if you think about spending 100 bucks a, a week, 400 bucks a month, and the average it's like we have friends that have daycares. It's 150 bucks a week for 5 days of daycare yeah. a week. Yeah. So it's anywhere from 100 to 200 bucks a week for daycare for full time. Think about that. If you put that money, said, listen, I'm not going to, and that just goes on forever, every <laughs> that's, week. That's forever. continuity. That's, that's continuity. Yeah. It's a great business.
0: He wanted to piggyback off my daycare comment. He was so, listening intently.
1: So the thing is, if you say, listen, I'm spending 400 bucks a month. I'm spending 600 bucks a month on daycare. I'm going to friggin' change this. We're going to put that money towards training and you could wean off daycare. You could say, okay, I'm going to do three days of daycare. I'm going to do A day of two days of training. Especially
0: if you work from home, you don't need it. You're there. You could get a nice walk out in the middle of the day with your dog at lunchtime and your dog won't pick up the respiratory virus. So consider this, you guys, we want you to be grateful for your dog trainers. Be grateful for dog trainers. Dog trainers are amazing people. We're not just talking ourselves up. Many of our closest friends are dog trainers. We love, love, love the industry. We are so grateful that there are so many people out there helping Text your dog trainers. Tell them thank you over this holiday. Send them a gift for Christmas. Be grateful for dog trainers around this time of gratitude. And spend some fricky money to train your dog. Okay? Yeah, now,
1: really. I want you guys to be happy because people are—they're not a lot of people that they need. Like, if your dog's great, you don't need dog training because your dog just sleeps and he's just low, you know, lower drive, lower energy, just real easy to deal with. Then I can understand not hustling off to do dog training when you got a lot going on. But if you're trying to manage the dog's behavior and the dog does create a certain level of stress in the house, it may not be a 10. But even if if you're getting into on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no stress, 10 being you're going to just kill your whole family, if you're getting into the 6, 7 range you should be seeking out a dog trainer and not letting that number get any higher than six And or seven. training
0: may be cheaper or easier if you intervene at the three, four level than if you wait till the five, six. So well, just six be conscious of these things. Six is going to be the pain point. Just be conscious of these things. All right, you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving. Be very safe tonight. Tonight is the biggest drinking day of the entire year. So be safe out there if awesome. you're going out to party. Uh, make sure you have a designated driver. Keep your dogs safe. Keep their immune systems up. If you need more Thanksgiving help, check out that previous podcast. Buy into the Armhound's Get some training and keep it quirky. Take care, guys. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.